I'm Eddie Hall. You're listening to the History of Strength Sports. Big love. Hello, John. Hello, hello. How are you, Jacob? I'm very well. How are you? Very well. <clears throat> Cannot complain, as, as they say. Good stuff. Oh, thanks for getting up super early to, uh, I mean, you're probably up already, but thanks for, uh, thanks for being awake early for the podcast. I appreciate it. Of course. Well, it's my pleasure. Like I say, just, uh, yeah, it's always good to do these things, but, oh, do podcasts and that kind of stuff. It's just good fun and chatting away and yeah, it's just having fun. That's the key. All good. All good. I know you've got a, a massage in a bit. So how much time do you have? Just so I know, just so I can kind of plan the conversation. Well, it's, it's 8.15 now, so it's a, it's a 10 o'clock. So we've got, we've got good time. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. How's everything with you? Well, like I say, just we're recently out of lockdown here. Yeah. Well, I've eased off lockdown. Um, so we can, there's a, we can meet outside and that kind of stuff. Uh, but um, yeah, so it's getting a little bit nor- into normality. But all in all, yeah, well, I survived and uh, I got COVID myself. Wow. And uh, we were out for a week, but then I recovered. Never felt that it was going to get me or anything, but it was, yeah, it was a, it's, it's been an, an adventure, but yeah, I'm just glad it's sort of getting better. Yeah. Well, at least here in the UK. Yeah, definitely. Things are things are definitely looking up. Um, I need to explain my surroundings. By the way, I've not moved into a uh, a corporate office. This isn't where I live. Um, my my bosses are, are really nice, and they've let me use the the training room at our office basically to do the podcast from. Because um, where I live. Right. With base just behind the um it's called the base hospital so like the regional hospital and we get loads of yes. uh loads of surfers who like hurt their backs or jump off cliffs or whatever um and they're, they're flown in by helicopter so when the helicopter comes it's super loud so um yeah so i'm using the office today um of course because okay. somebody in a fragile state it takes about 10 minutes for them to land because they do it so gently um so when that happens yeah. obviously we can't plan it it's just so loud so yeah i've not um this yeah. is my house. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Well, cool. I'm at my apartment anyway. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah. Nice and relaxed. <sighs> Good man. Yeah, so, but, uh, but uh, at the moment, just I'm training, and now I've been training with my boy a lot. I've seen. And uh, he's really, yeah, he's really coming along. And uh, I'm just really happy that, uh, you know, we're bonding quite well. And, uh, He's really sort of understanding now what lifting's about, and you know, I've taken through all the steps, step by step, and he's really, yeah, it's it's, it's good fun, and I'm really really enjoying it. Just going to see his progress, and yeah, focusing on technique and how to do stuff rather than some weights. Yeah, and uh, when it's time, it's time. <laughs> yeah, is he hoping to pursue strength in a big way? Has he got any kind of dreams that way, or is it just a, a hobby for him? Do you think? It's a hobby. I think it's a hobby by now, but mm-hmm. I think we're going to do like there's a teenager competition and uh, we're going to really go and um, aim for that one when that, that happens. Yeah. So I'll be just preparing him. We're doing sort of all the disciplines in strongman. We're doing the squats. We're doing the deadlifts. So we're basically putting in the work uh, to, you know, just to prepare. But everything is about technique and how to. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not as fun 
as it should be at the moment because it's all about technique and getting to know how you need to do stuff. Yeah. But um, when you know the how, then it's going to be fun, right? So I'm hoping that when the how comes, that will even push him further. Well, uh, that will push him further to pursue what he wants to do. But um, he's both fan of strength now and he loves his cars. So, so it's a double whammy. We get along very well. Let's just say that. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Yeah, I've, I've seen him uh, keeping up with you on the on the bands and, and all that kind of thing. How old is he? Mid teens. He's fourteen. He's fourteen. Yeah, he's fourteen now. Yeah, yeah. But I always knew, like, yes. Well, that's the aim. We're gonna, you know, just work slowly but surely and try to get. I mean, he squatted a ninety kilo box squat easy. Nice. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's quite impressive how much weight he can move and move easily. So, yeah, but yeah, that's that's what comes with patience and time, you know. Yeah, definitely. I bet he's uh, he's winning those arguments at school as well. You know, the my dad's stronger than your dad argument. <laughs> he's got that one down with you, is his dad. Yeah. Oh, awesome. All right. Well, it's, it's a good one. Yeah, I'm going to dive straight in and do a bit of an intro. Um, if the if either of our internet's dropped, by the way, this has happened a couple of times. Um, just use the link that I sent you to the to the zoom before and just jump back in um what okay. happens is that like the meeting ends it saves the audio that usually takes about five minutes and then we can just jump back on the same same link but it's happened twice now so uh yeah just let you know that it's not um i've gone completely right. Fair enough. <laughs> okay so uh welcome to the history of strength sports podcast i'm your host jacob and today i'm joined by none other than mr john valgier williams um so john was a two-time world's strongest man competitor in 2002 2003 with standout performances in the tire flip and if you don't believe me head over to his profile and see the man can move a tire um you know works as a personal trainer he's the man behind <laughs> he's a man behind strength trips which is a unique travel company where he takes strength enthusiasts like us and um, to lift the famous historic stones and uh, train at the most um, well-known gyms in iceland so john how's it all going today well of course like i say at the moment there's a five-day quarantine in iceland so Everything comes to this um, this thing. Uh, do not say thy name. <laughs> no, it, it, the, the thing is like uh, you know, just we have to you know adjust because of that. But um, at the moment, we have set up a trip in July, and um, it's looking it's looking good because Iceland is green. Um, I'm having my vaccination happening, and uh, so. Yeah, we should be good to go for that that trip, and um, so everything is, you know, uh, supported by how laws are and you know just what's going to happen. It's only like I say, just a three day trip. Yeah, it's a two night trip. So um, we go on a Friday and we come back on a Sunday. So, uh, but you know, it's short. It's full on, but uh, yeah, all. Most of all, it's entertaining. Yeah, amazing. I bet you're raring to go after having sort of a week, uh, a week, a year in lockdown. So I remember you had a couple of trips planned at the middle of last year that all had to be put to one side. So yeah, I bet you're excited to get out there again. Absolutely. We did manage to go one time, though, uh, mm-hmm. between lockdowns. Yeah. And that was amazing. Um, we just, just the three of us went, but it was, it was absolutely spectacular. It was a lot of banter. 
good times, you know, we went, we went to did loads of work. And of course, <clears throat> we met Magnus that trip and the Magnus sat down with us and sort of um, helped us, you know, doing some pro, uh, doing some squats and, you know, doing the, um, oh, what's it called now? Um, the carry, there's a special carry. Actually, mm -hmm. it's in my newest post. It's okay. absolutely horrendous. I can't remember for the life of me what the implement is called. This like where the oh, is it the iron? the same thing that the ships hook the yeah. bands. Yeah, like the iron it's, cross. It's like an iron cross, basically. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Um, so so yeah. yeah, we'll we'll dive a little bit more into strength trips um, a little bit later. But I kind of want to dive into to, firstly your experience and then kind of the strength history around Iceland, and then go a bit more specific yes. into strength trips itself. So um, yeah, tell the listeners a little about yourself and your experience with in strength when it all uh, when it all started and, and sort of where it led you and, and where it's led to you now the the, the thing, thing is it started all it's just you know after pl playing basketball then you know enjoying basketball a lot then uh, then after that I suddenly found myself in the gym and me and my friend were just thinking about you know just having a six-pack and looking good for the ladies and that kind of stuff. But uh, then I saw this man in the corner deadlifting and he was deadlifting 200. I remember it so vividly. I was like, yeah, that's what I want to do. <laughs> so I, I, I went to him and he was one of my sort of first coaches. And I just asked him, I, I want to, you know, teach me that. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what sort of made my strength interest started and uh, he was a uh, coach uh, for my football team that, that guy very sort of very nice and sort of strong guy and I thought to myself that's cool and uh, <clears throat> then after that I started moving um, to uh, to gym 80 where the old uh, John Paul Sickerson's gym was but his been, had been taken over because he sadly passed away at that stage and uh then i started training there and one day a strong man promoter walks in sees me deadlift and he said you should come and do some strong man and i was like yeah uh, okay so there i was just showed up rocked up to a strong man competition there was no weight categories there was just dive in with all the guys who were you know already been in the strong man competitions and um Finished second last, but I loved every minute of it. So uh, that was it. That was just how it went. And then after that, <clears throat> I was downtown. I spoke to uh, Magnus Magnuson and I asked him if he had a training partner. He said no. And he can, offered me to come and train with him. And I said, hell yes. And the rest is history. <laughs> so yeah, it was great amazing and am i right in thinking it was a pretty short amount of time before sort of between when you started strongman initially and then when you actually competed at world strongest man that was a pretty short amount of time wasn't it it was two years wow so basically yeah uh the thing is when you have somebody in front of you that inspires you and pushes you and actually knows how to train mm -hmm you can push very hard 
And uh, just for, a, for an example, the first time I trained with Magnus, he's asked me, can you do a 200 kilo deadlift? And I said, oh, yes, of course. You know, I had done it three reps, three reps. I thought to myself, yeah, was, uh, of course, 200. And uh, he said five times. And I was like, okay, uh, well, uh, yeah, yeah, I can do that. And uh, so we started that thing and he took up 200. He picked that up, you know, five times, like it was nothing. And I thought to myself, wow, okay, this looks serious. And so I picked it up four times, which was already an improvement, one, mm -hmm. one rep. And um, then he went to 240 and he picked it up two, uh, five times, still as easy as it was 200. And I thought to myself, shit. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I, I, if I'm going to stay here, I'm going to, you know, pull up my pants, basically. So I went into, the, into my next lift and I got it five times. Wow. So already proving myself. Then Magnus went to 260. And I thought to myself, holy crap, what's going to happen now? So he picked that up five times. And it looks just like easy as any other lift. And I thought to myself, wow, either I'm going to stay here or I can pack my bags and leave. So I went to down to 200 again. And I picked up 208 times. Wow. That is a five rep increase in my max <laughs> on, 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 a, on a single day. And it was, the, it was the funny thing. It's just because, you know, just I was inspired. I wanted to push myself and I enjoyed pushing myself and seeing new heights in my training. And uh, yeah, that's, that's basically how I got to World Strongest Man in two years. Yeah, incredible. And I remember talking to you to you last year and you had some really fun stories about you and Magnus training and uh, training outside and, you know, with the stones frozen to the floor and training in a barn and things like that. Can you relive some of those stories for us? Well, well it was the thing is that we didn't have no gyms. I mean, uh, that we had to keep the equipment, you know, somewhere. Mm -hmm. you know these things don't disappear so after the competitions they're they're really there and they're heavy <laughs> so so we had to keep them in all sorts of places so one of the one of the places was always some backyard in some um how do you say some uh some truck where they keep the trucks or we the, the the barn came later actually okay then it was just outside in Lerthaler. there was a 400 kilo tire there was stones there and uh, the, the the biggest the biggest challenge with the tire it was trying to get all the water out of it first so it was like a 600 kilo tire when we started it <laughs> and uh, there was a lot of and we had to slosh the water out so we could start flipping it properly it was a yeah it's a it was, it was immense. And um, even, you know, the stories when we get down to the Lerthaler and we had some uh, like blow torches to blow the ice off the stones to be able to train in the snow. <laughs> so yeah, that was, uh, that was an experience. And, you know, I have pictures of myself carrying stones covered in snow, but those are nature ones. And um, yeah, these, these kind of things will make a man out of you. <laughs> so uh yeah <laughs> put hair, hairs on your chest <laughs> yeah definitely it's, it's funny because 
you know, you see the guys going to World's Strongest Man and they, you know, the commentators are saying about, oh, you know, the competitors aren't used to this heat, the, the objects they're using are different. And then you guys are out there in the wilderness in Iceland just throwing snow around and blowtorching stones and get, you know, warming up <laughs> on a 600 kilo tire. That's, yeah, that's insane. Such good fun. <laughs> it, it was, like you say, just everything is a challenge in Iceland because, um, you know, the winters are long. The daylights is almost non-existent. Well, shortest days are like four or five hours. And uh, so you have to adjust. You have to make the best out of things. And, you know, I used to work as a uh, sort of a full-time, well, not full-time. It's like a part-time where I sort of greet all the uh, food that came into the supermarket that I used to work for mm -hmm. because uh, it's called the checker. So I checked all the food that came in. I waited and, you know, see if there was something missing, bada yada. And, um, yeah, then we sort of, then you sort of went from there. It was great. You got a lot of food out of that one. <laughs> the, the, the guy, the guy with the eggs gave me a lot of eggs. And, uh, so it was a, it was a really profitable experience because yeah, you were, I was basically sponsored by food by then. So, uh, it was good. It was really good. Yeah. And, uh, one of the perks of the job and uh, i think you know just iceland is you got to be tough to survive there because of the long winters and you got to make sure that you use the daylight to actually go and train <clears throat> especially the events because they're outside so i finished at two o'clock in my work so that left me maybe like one and a half hour to go out and train so uh yeah it's just uh you know it's, it's hard but you know you, we made it work then the barn came. That's where, when we, uh, Magnus got a barn mm -hmm. and we, uh, that barn was actually sort of filled up with straw man stuff. And, but that was, that was at least before I started training. Or oh, when I started training, we were outside probably for four or five years. And then we got the barn, which was very cool, by the way. It was, uh, it was like a strong man gym. This was the first time, but you know, but Marcus was just keeping his stuff there, basically. But um, yeah, otherwise we just we brought the stuff out, we put it back in, and uh, yeah, so we're part of the progress. Amazing. Do you know if that barn's still there? Has it got some uh, old relics of your training? No, the, the thing is, Magnus has most of these things at his gym now. Mm -hmm. A different kind of, well, he has the oldest strong and equipment that he needs. Uh, he has some new ones now. Uh, we had the old cylinders, you know, like the farmers work who were just 100 kilos each hand, just as, the, as they were. And, um, yeah, that's the, that's sort of, um, I don't really know where they are now, but, yeah, but the old relics are. I know they're probably somewhere around, but there we go. There we go. We should make a, a strength history museum in Iceland, and it could be at the barn. That would be great. <laughs> yes, that, that barn was historic, yeah. But I, I don't think there's anything there at the moment. So he just rented that space out or got it allocated by the uh, government in Copenhagen, I think it was, yes. Okay. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of leads me on to the 
on to my next question. So obviously there's a really long, pretty substantial tradition of strength in Iceland, you know, even dating back to the, the old traditional texts of the sagas when you've got people like Greta the yes. Strong and uh, yeah. I'm going to mispronounce this and do apologise, Orm Strolfsson, who walked and carried the mast of the ship um, weighing 650 kilos. That was a, a record that was broken, I think, in 2015 by Hafthor. So we've got this brilliant sort of uh, legendary timeline coming through Iceland and and it's definitely produced and continues to produce the, some of the finest strength athletes around you know um John Paul Magnuson yourself half Thor Stefan Solvi and even even the CrossFit athletes now you know you've got Annie Thorostotter and um yeah catching David Stotter um so my question is why are Icelanders so strong well I think it's uh, I think it's definitely genetics and I also think that when you grow up in a country where there's 350,000 or 300,000, depending on the timeline. I think it's especially because we have the most nutritious food in the world, mm -hmm. good genetics and the closeness. So what I mean by that is that Icelandic athletes are easy to approach. So if you want to be strong, where do you go? You go to Jakob Olof Horsparty. And, you know, normally if you're there putting the work in, you grind the way you're going to have to work yourself up, of course. And when they see you coming up, you're, you're welcome basically to train with the big boys, really. Mm -hmm. So um, you first got to prove yourself, of course, you work into the gym and you work hard and you do all this kind of stuff. You impress on people and then you have to, you know, just then you just need to elevate yourself again to be following all the guys who are really really strong so yeah it's a it's it's cool i mean when you can train with the best the influence is there you know yeah. so um and then you eat good food and the you the tap water in iceland is amazing and um the uh, most of the icelandic food is uh, was well is is it was voted the most nutritious food in the world so I would say that's a, that's a big, big thing, I would say. Yeah. That's... You are what you eat. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Those three factors, yeah, absolutely make sense. And it's quite surprising to hear you say, I'm sure a lot of people listening would have thought you said, you know, it's the Viking power and, you know, the the legends of, of strong people coming through. But, yeah, the fact that you, you sort of highlighted there the closeness of everyone and the tight-knit community, yes. and I guess because it is so small, um, people tend to know everybody and like you said you just approached magnus and said can i be your training partner and he you know the nice guy that he is just said yeah come along it's that's amazing yeah yeah it's really, really it is cool. certainly is yeah so as a as a country and I, I don't know if you can sort of draw any comparisons between um sort of the uk and iceland but it seems um strength would be sort of differently perceived in Iceland because most of the well-known figures in Iceland are from the world of strength. Have you found that it's more ingrained in the culture than it is in other countries? John, like to say, Iceland was one of those countries who actually televised powerlifting. Wow. You know, okay. they became really inter interested in that. Mm -hmm. And that was thanks to John Paul Sigmundson, I would say, when he won his first title, everything just, you know, strength-based started coming up mm -hmm. and everybody was sort of knowledgeable of it and everybody wanted to see John Paul lift. So every competition um, 
every competition would be uh, about this, you know, just uh, seeing John Paul lift. And uh, now many people sort of got a platform because of him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's amazing how that worked for the whole country and everybody knew who he was. And, you know, just then Magnus came along and just rocked up to his first World Strongest Man and just won. And it was it was just amazing. And uh, that sparks interest. And, you know, and everybody sort of started to go along with it. And, you know, the gym membership went up and everything. It was just like yeah, people really just caught on. And now it's just very well recognized. Hafthor doing very well, did very well. And uh, also sparked an interest. And um, now the... Now we have Aethor Melstead and Ari Gunnarsson. These both guys are just incredibly strong as well, going to World Strongest Man. So yeah, it's 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 phenomenal. It's just how the ball keeps rolling, you know. Yeah, definitely. So, kind of given what you just said, do you think things in Iceland around strength would be the same without John Paul? So if he's taken out of the picture, is there such an interest in Iceland? Do you think? Do you think it would have? gone that way anyway i i would say probably john bosigmson was the sort of <clears throat> the one who pushed all the snow away <laughs> you know he was the one who plowed through you know he was you know the ray of sunshine that came through and everybody got interested because he was such a great character and you know just people loved his showmanship and that's what he was all about you know i'm from iceland that's one of the most uh, best sentences ever. And he had a huge rock on his head. Do you remember that? Yeah. A huge rock on yeah. his head and he was about to press it. And just before he did, he said, I'm from Iceland. You know, <laughs> just to represent, that's how proud he was. You know, and just being in Iceland and just being a part of that was amazing. It was just like such a thing to watch. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think I reposted that video actually yesterday or two days ago. I think 1983, I think it was his first World Strongest yes, Man. He just stood there. He, look, he looks very, very young, but he's still huge. And yeah, this I'm from Iceland. And then he just pops it over his head. It's about 130 kilos, I don't know. Um, yeah, just incredible. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting to know that he was kind of a, a pivotal figure. And I love the analogy of him being the snowplow. <laughs> who initially yes. you know carved the uh carved the way for strength for ice and that's that's brilliant um yeah so yeah you mentioned a couple of the the sort of the i can't really say historic but the um the sort of more well-known gyms in iceland gym 80 and, and yakabal so what's it like to have trained there you know years ago when you've got these you know giants there like like magnus was it, is it just a different atmosphere is it you know have you found anywhere that's matched that kind of thing uh, sorry, I got a text exactly at the end there, and it just numbed out my whole your speech. Sorry about that. No, that's okay. I was um, just asking about um, Jim Eighty and Yakabal and what it was like to, yes. to lift there, and, and how much of a you know an atmosphere was there because of the history and because of John Paul and Magnus. That must have been quite an experience to train in those gyms. Well, yes, it sure was, and the experience you know coming into these gyms was amazing, and. Um, when, when strong people come together, you know, in Iceland, we call it anti. And um, <clears throat> when, when somebody does incredible, we call it Jövis' anti, which is one of uh, my logos from, the, um, from back in the days. 
-hmm. and uh it's it's about the spirit that happens when everybody comes together and um you can almost guarantee some records are going to fall when loads of straw men come together especially in iceland because everybody does the hype everybody pushes everybody and uh that's how that's how the feeling was when you were training there now, me and magnus we trained together a lot uh, I don't know if you know this, but I was Magnus's only training partner. Yeah. A lot of guys came and went, but they could never hang with the uh, sort of intensity and the sort of how hard we trained. We trained five times a week and it was three hours and it was full on every single time. And uh, if you want something, you work hard for it, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, many people came and um, two, three sessions and then they were out. <laughs> And uh, so I was, I was like, Magnus literally said to me, you were the only training partner I've ever had who actually just stuck around, you know, did everything I, he did. And I pushed myself, you know, just to be better. So uh, it was a, it was an intense training time, but that was only Jakob, Jakobol. Well, Jakobol was before gym 80 and was sort of the original sort of straw man gym back in Iceland. And then gym 80 became a reality when John Paul wanted to make his own gym. Mm -hmm. And then Jakobol became a thing again when Magnus uh, decided to keep his own gym. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And I love that there's a word in the Icelandic language, and it's anti, that means the coming anti. together of strong people. That's phenomenal that you even have a word for that. <laughs> that just yeah, well, goes to show. Anti means spirit. And, um, you know, like it's, it's just a spirit. And, uh, it's it's just something that creates when um, that when there's multiple people together. You can do it the two of you, but that's a lot of shouting at each other. <laughs> yeah, so definitely. Feel kind of awkward in a while. But there we go. I, I mean, I always enjoy. Um, now I'm a trainer. I push people and I coach them quite a lot, and I can't just sit around and say nothing. Mm -hmm. I have to push people. I have to say to them, "Come on, one more." come on, do it again, but better, do it again, but faster. And that's, you know, that's progress. And, you know, if you hear somebody telling you to do better, you do better. Yeah. It is absolutely crucial. And uh, I like to push people. And uh, normally when people come to me for training, they usually improve right away. Yeah. And yeah. that's the main thing of the sort of, I would say, a part-time spirit that's there because you can never duplicate when loads of strong men come together and they push them. It's, 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 that's an amazing feeling. Yeah, definitely. And am I right in thinking that Yakubol is translated to, is it the nest of giants? Do I remember that rightly? That, that will be it. Wow. Yeah, yeah, phenomenal name. Best name for a gym I've come across, I think, Yakubol. Fantastic. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a good place to be in. And, and Yakubol now, the current Yakubol, has all the... Um, well, has most of the equipment from um, Jim Eddy, where John Paul Sigmundson's gym. So the the seat is rower, uh, even the bar that Magnus made for John Paul Sigmundson. Yeah. When he tore his bicep, so uh, that's a phenomenal apparatus, and um, I know everybody who comes on a strength trip really enjoys trying that bar mm -hmm. because you can rotate the handle, and you really have to be full on to actually um how do you say it? uh to hold the balance in the in the bar yeah 
it, it will want to, you know, just a little bit. You really have to stabilize, but once you get it, you get it. Yeah. And uh, that's also a great, a great way to work your stabilizers in your shoulders and all, through, all the way through your hand. So yeah. the squeeze. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. I wasn't aware that it rotated. And from, it's like a, like a modified football bar isn't it so it's kind of like a normal bar with then two hoops in and then it's got the handles in and even the handles i, I suppose with a bicep injury he wanted to bring it a slightly narrow grip but because of the size of magnus and um and Jan paul it's still pretty wide um, yeah. yeah just think that's quite funny to look at yeah i have videos on valkyrie strength trips um on my instagram where where the boys are bench pressing with that bar mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's quite impressive and you, you, we just do it in different angles, you know, you can do it like that, you can do it like that, you can do it like that and you can all rotate all the way and go there and uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. So um, it's, it's a brilliant piece of kit. Yeah, yeah. Pretty it is, it's, it's very old now, but mm-hmm. Magnus has kept it going. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's very cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, Something else I wanted to bring up, but I didn't send these through the notes earlier, and I've recently learned. So I was doing my homework on you, as I usually do with my with my podcast guests, um, and I yes. need to talk to you about your cupcake sponsorship. Tell me about that. Well, again, that's one when I was working in uh, Bonus, which is uh, which is uh, this is a place where uh, yeah, you where you get all the food and the and of course you would get some candy factories coming in. And then we got this cookie factory, and they uh, and they bought uh, they, they brought in muffins, and uh, these muffins were the best. Like literally, they, they were chocolate muffins, and they just taste great. And uh, then I thought to myself, why don't I get sponsored for them? And he said, hell yes, you know, go to your competition, represent us at even at World Strongest Man 2002 in Malaysia. I was uh, I was representing them, and uh, <laughs> and we we bought uh, they gave us gave me always loads of boxes like full of these muffins, and all the strongmen used to come to my house before a session, yeah, and we would call them improvement muffins. So when you eat them, you improve. Yeah. So that it's uh, it's also I mean it's a lot of things that's mentally you know, we just put. The spirit into the muffins it's like we got together put the spirit into the muffins they were going to improve us and then we went out and banged out of one hell of a session full of muffin <laughs> but it was yeah it was it's great i mean it's it's the same thing you know ben did magnuson he's my friend and uh he had got a sponsorship where he got a whole pallet of tuna wow pallet that's a lot yes. of tuna. that's a lot of tuna and he ate tuna until it came out of his ears, you know? And that's what you do. You just, if you get a sponsorship like that, it's free calories or free protein like he did. Man, it was amazing. <laughs> so yeah, love one it. of these great things. <laughs> yeah, I love that story so much. So if anyone's listening and owns a, an anabolic cupcake company, get in touch, we want, uh, we want a sponsorship over here as well. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, so just before, um, well, a couple of hours ago, I just put a, uh, a story on my Instagram just to um, see if anyone had any questions. And the one that came up a couple of times is people requesting us to talk through some of the stones in Iceland. So if we can run through those yes. quickly, that would be awesome. So I've got a bit of a list here. So obviously the most famous is the the Husval stone, I believe around yes. 
it's around 186 kilos, something like that, 400 pounds. Yeah, so yes. What's, what's the story behind the Hoosaville Stone? Now, the Hoosaville Stone <clears throat> was uh, basically a gate in a sheep pen. And uh, the, the preacher's daughter who owned the farm, she used to open up the sheep pen. And when she was feeling good, she would pick it up and walk around the sheep pen with a stone. Wow. So, uh, I'm, I'm thinking, wow, <laughs> one hell of a lady. Yep. <laughs> yep. So uh, that's, uh, that was the story behind the sort of uh, uh, that, that people wanted to test themselves and start lifting the stone, carry it around the sheep pen. And uh, that's how the Husafel carry became a reality. And uh, it's a good challenge. That stone is, uh, is, is a big, big stone, but it's very like some people would even think it's 186 kilos. It would be even bigger, but it's like a special type of granite, which is really heavy. Yeah. So it, so it actually, it looks smaller than the weight. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's, a, it's a good, it's a good challenge. That stone. It's amazing. Yeah. It's an amazing, it's an amazing lift and you can get good uh, grip on it. Okay. Which is nice yeah. if you do it correctly. Yeah, it's one of my uh, one of my life goals to to lift and walk the the Husafell. Um and it's kind of testament to the stone and how famous it is that things like you know it's being a replica was made for the Arnold Classic. They they took a I don't think they took a cast, but they made like a three D image of the Husafell stone because they were worried yes. about transporting it. It's that kind of precious that they made yes. an identical three D stone replica replica weighing the same. I just think that's that's incredible you know it's just, it's at the end of the day it's a stone <laughs> and it's become this yeah. famous through through all of the legends and you know the people who've lifted it i just think that's yeah that's fantastic one of the most legendary things i can remember about that stone is when john paul sigmason that stone was brought to Reykjavik actually and um it was held that i think it was iceland's strongest man and uh he picked up that stone and after he won lifting he danced with it, so it's like a waltz. So he took it for a waltz on the stage, and everybody remembers that. I mean, that was uh, man, you know, what a show! Yeah, and uh, you know, just just doing that with that 186 kilo pebble as it was in his yeah. hands. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was very cool. That's insane. Yeah, and yeah, like I told you last year I visited. <clears throat> excuse me, I visited Iceland a couple of years ago. Um, and tactically avoided the Husseville stone because it well I say it was a little bit off off our track but um yeah I think I would have probably failed it back then but I'll give it a couple more years and and go and have a go um but on my trip, you, you will come on a strength trip with me definitely I can't wait yes yeah I need your hype <laughs> yeah. yeah awesome the, 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 the hype helps tremendously especially like competition and I always say that that's probably why I always perform better in yep. competitions because the hype is real. You know, just you know, if somebody is there pushing you on, no people are watching. You can always perform better. Yeah, definitely. Who better to show yeah. one than a two-time world strongest man competitor? Yeah, that must be quite the uh, quite the hype. Um, but yeah, yeah, on, yeah. On the Iceland trip, we did make it out to to Dritvik. Um, I can't, the yes. Name, the name of the beach has got a long, is it Doppelasunder, something like that? I've probably butchered yes. that again. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, my, so my story with those stones, I'd, 
me and my partner, we went there 2019 um, for a four or five day trip and we wanted to see basically the whole of Iceland. So we kind of made a detour off at the Stones. Um, yeah, and it was actually the day that I proposed to my partner. Um, but obviously, oh, nice. yeah, I just, she obviously didn't know. Um, so we took the detour and I said, okay, we're going to go and visit these stones. I'm going to spend, you know, 45 minutes an hour lifting them. And then there's, right. there's a glacier close by, uh, you know, as a kind of even for you because you're coming along to the stones. I'll take you to the glacier. We'll take some pictures and all that kind of stuff. She was like, okay. So we go along, lift, lift the stones, come back. And because it's March in Iceland, um, the inland roads were closed. So we couldn't wow. access the glacier. So we'd had a five hour round trip just for me to go and lift these stones. So on the day that I proposed to her, she wasn't too happy with me. Um, but <laughs> thankfully she still said yes in the evening. So um, <laughs> yes. so the, the dripping stones are, are gonna be cemented in my mind for, for a while. But I, I see that you visit them almost every strength trip and you've got some amazing videos. Yeah. Um, yeah, tell us a little bit about those. I mean, dripping stones artist uh, is a 24 kilo stone a 54 kilo stone no it's a 26 kilo stone 54 and then it's 100 and then it's 154 and uh, these stones are you know testament of strength if you wanted to go to out to sea you know yep. back in the day so you were supposed to lift uh, the stone onto a sort of there was like i think it, whether it was the same height or higher so it was sort of hip height and you had to lay the stone on this platform. And uh, it's a tiny, tiny sill that's there. And uh, I haven't done that with my clients, but I think it's, if you get your hands trapped under there, it's, there's not much turning back in this, quite, uh, quite a t testament of uh, trying to get back if you have a crooked hand, that's not gonna be nice. Yeah. So um, I thought to myself, uh, we just lift them off the ground and that's what most people do anyway. And uh, so if you lifted the first one, you were only a weakling. So second one, you would get a little bit of a share or you'd get on the boat. And uh, then there was the third one, you would get half a share, so half strong. And uh, then the full strong is when you lifted a 154 kilo one. Mm -hmm. I'm just uh, suspicious that the guy who was just cheapskate who made the stones, <laughs> he thought there's a nobody will lift this. Everybody will have a half share. I'll take the rest. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. But there we go. Uh, but that's the challenge. And, uh, you know, they are, the, the full strong is quite a tricky stone. Mm -hmm. It is very smooth. And you really have to hug the life out of it to get it off the ground. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I didn't yeah. lift full circuit. It was... Yeah, well, people don't realize that when you're lifting stones in Iceland, one, it's freezing cold. Two, you've probably been, I'm just making excuses now, but two, you've probably been in a car for like four or five hours on the way. Yeah. Freezing cold, you kind of have to bury them out of the stones um, that kind of surround them. And yeah, they're just an absolute lump. Like I've got a pretty good deadlift. It's about 270, 275. And I couldn't get the full stoker off the ground because you've just got to get underneath it, squeeze it, lift it. It's yeah, it's a lot to do, and it's just it's yeah. a challenge. Yeah, a real challenge. It is a real, real challenge. And um, they say, I mean, 300 deadlift is normally where you would like to be at to lift full strong. Yeah. But um, the thing is, there are there are ways, you know, and how to be when you want to get the stone off the ground, you need to adjust it in a certain way to be able to pick it up off the floor. 
and um, because every nature stone has its balance point, mm -hmm. and that may be where you know you have to adjust your hands where you sort of one hand is further down the stone and the other one is quite higher onto the stone. It's that kind of stuff that makes nature stones very hard, mm. uh, harder than the atlas stones because atlas stones, at least you know you have a sort of a center, mm -hmm. even though some one of them can be dodgy, but you know, the, the, you're, gonna, you're gonna feel it, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, just, uh, it's, it's a good challenge to, uh, you know, go into nature and just lift nature stones doesn't matter which one which one it is because you're going to have to recognize the stone you're going to have to think okay i can hold there and hold there and then i can maybe get off the ground without it shifting otherwise if you just grab a nature stone likelihood is that it's going to shift out of your hands mm -hmm. so yeah that's what i like about the nature stones you really have to think what you're doing yeah definitely there's something really special about lifting those you know, wild stones that, like you said, they're unbalanced, they're out in wilderness, you have to find them or you have to get permission to lift them. And then yeah. you're lifting them in the place that so many strong people and, you know, you've got your hands on something that so many strong people before you, um, you know, have lifted in it. Yeah, there's just something really special about that. Um, yeah, the next stone I want to talk about, I'm going to butcher the name again, I do apologise, Brynjolfstak. Um, Brynjolfstak, yes. Brynjolfstak, oh, nearly there. And then, uh, yeah, this is the stone that um, Stefan Solvi lifted in the in the documentary Full Circa. Um, and it's really funny for those people who haven't seen it. Um, he's there lifting the stone and, and a car drives past with a family. And while they're driving past, the family jump out and they said, oh, it's weird because we've just been telling our son who's sitting in the back of the car that if he looks out into the mist, he'll see you know, a monster because of all the legends in, in Iceland. And there, Stefan Solvi is hugging this, what is it, 280 kilo stone. And they said, well, we're- 281. 281, yeah, we've we've found the monster there. <laughs> um, and the stone, <laughs> the stone reportedly pulled from the sea in 1845 yes. and, and lifted and carried, I think, 70 meters up, up the hill um, to where it lives today. So whether or not that's true, it got there somehow. Somebody's lifted it there at some point. So- yeah, very cool stone. Have you have you had any experience with that one? No, but that's something I want to do in the future, mm -hmm. and uh, that's the future. And um, I want to make uh, well, I want to do a perfect like stone trip. You know, just go and we we'll go and see all the stones. Mm -hmm. Amazing. So uh, that will be the ultimate goal. Yeah. You know, just trying to see them all and uh, try to lift them all. And um, yeah, that would be that would be a very, very good, um, good trip just to do and just to try them all. I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I was asked here on Instagram. Uh, so uh, who wants to come and lift all the stones? Yeah. And uh, and I sort of posted uh, the. Um, I posted all of the names and you know how much they weigh and all that stuff. And uh, one of my friends who's yeah he's he's strong, and uh, he said you know that um, that two hundred eighty one kilo stone get just half off though. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Yeah, I don't even know how you'd get it off the ground because you've got to get it upright because it's like um it's like a tombstone. It's like a big rectangle stone. So yeah. you'd need three of you just to get it up off the off the ground. And then, God, if it fell towards you, you're not really going to stop that. Um, <laughs> no, it, it, it's a long stone. 
And of course, I mean, the lift is in itself minuscule, but however, the hug you're going to have to give that stone, you know, it's, it's, it's not like you have many things to warm up with beforehand when you're there. It's just a giant stone laying there. Yeah. So yeah. If we've got anybody listening who's a, a personal injury lawyer or good at risk assessments, do get in touch with John. I think he needs some insurance <laughs> before he goes. Yeah. Um, yeah so some of the other stones um we've got the legstein stone and i love this story as yes. well this is a great one so reportedly and i probably got this slightly wrong but reportedly the there's a a farmer there that made a pact with the devil um and yes. he will only be released when the legstein stone has been lifted and walked around the the pillar stone that's in the middle 100 times um and i think by yes. the time full circle was filmed i think stefan solvey did it like the 56th time or something like that so i don't know if uh, if we're gonna ever see the farmer uh, or in the next few years but yeah have, have you tried that one really no release the soul basically release i haven't soul. tried that one either that was they're always they're quite on the bottom of the fjord and we never passed that one but in one <clears throat> in one uh one west fjord viking they actually had that as an event and i know half thor won that event actually okay so they did really well of trying to free the uh farmer i think he went quite a few few times around actually yeah so um uh, the farmer is getting hopeful now, so hopefully we will see uh, see more. If, well, that's more events. It's a two hundred and twenty kilo stone. It's a it's a heavy stone, mm. but uh, it's the lift is sort of reasonably high, but still two twenty is a lot of weight. Yeah, yeah, that's a tough one. So yeah. hopefully someone's got their camera ready because something interesting may happen when we get round hundred times who knows don't know what's uh what's gonna happen there. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah some honorable mentions just to the uh, the latra stones that they're in the in the west fjords i think they're five stones to plinth and that yeah. the heaviest one's called clofi um estimated between 420 and 440 pounds and again they're lifted to a plinth um and i think with that one it's on a like a, a bird sanctuary nature reserve and you have to get permission from the farmer so a little bit more tricky to um to get to get and then to. yeah and then there's they did they did take those stones for the westfjord vikings so okay. i have lifted them all uh, and that was onto platforms and um so they borrowed those stones and uh at, at the time i tell you one thing and honestly i didn't know what stones they were back then okay it was just stones yeah but then I realized that actually those were the louter stones. Ah. And it's a, the heaviest one is 177 kilos. Uh, it, is, it is a square one. You can get good grip on it, but it's edgy. Just prepared that your body will not be the same after you've lifted that one onto a plinth. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, there we go. Wow, yeah, that I kind of got that information from. I follow a guy on Instagram called Ryan Stewart. Um, I think he's at Stew Squatch, and he's been around Iceland lifting the stones. He said he li nearly lost his knee um, when when the heaviest one was sort of sliding down. He said, "Yeah, just the skin was peeling off with that one." Um, and he also did. Uh, he's done a recent one. He, he found some. He called them secret eight stones. So um, there's this eight stones in a circle. I think just outside Reykjavik, and there's some with handles, and they reportedly haven't been lifted in about 100 years but who knows what the uh history is between them but yeah are there any any other stones or any other 
little bits of strength history that you'd like to talk about in Iceland? There are stones at Arpaersap in Reykjavik. Okay. Very similar to the Dini stones. Right, okay. Sort of, they have handles. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> I think the heaviest one there is about 300 something. Okay. Yeah, so they're very heavy. But uh, Arpaersap has these stones and... Uh, What's the story behind them? I cannot tell you. I don't exactly know the history, but I know that it has been used as a test of strength. Mm -hmm. But I think the 300 uh, stone is definitely sort of a two-hand job, if you can put it on that perspective. And uh, just post, get over the stone and just try to get off the floor. That's sort of uh, probably the challenge on that one. But otherwise, there are two stones there that you could possibly lift like the um, like the dinny stones, yeah. So they have the handles, yes. But um, as per se, not so much history behind them. Mm -hmm. And actually, um, I think it's StoneLifting.org. Yeah. If you're interested in seeing all the stones and like all the stones over the world, you can check check that website out. I have I always have it open in my phone just to check out some stones. <laughs> And uh, it's just, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a cool website. <clears throat> and it has all the history behind them as well. Yeah, definitely. There's another one as well, oldmanofthestones.com. That's really good. I don't think they post about the Iceland ones there, but there's some in Sweden and Australia, Denmark, and all those places. So yeah, those two websites together are, are tremendous. And they've got um, sort of pinpoint locations on the map as well. So if anyone wants to do a little bit of a strength tour themselves, they can, they can jump on there. Um, yeah. Okay, so switching gears a little bit um talking about strength trips um so how and when did strength trips start and what's it all about the thing is i just said to myself you know after explaining to my clients that i was coaching you know just how it was in iceland and then i thought to myself why don't i just show them and that's what happened and i thought to myself you know just make a proper trip out of it and in my first trip, we, uh, in my first trip, it was a four-day trip, mm -hmm. and we also went quad biking, and uh, which was very cool. And of course, we went to Tritvik, and um, it was a lot of traveling, quite a lot of driving. And um, but at the end of the day, I thought to myself, you know, it's actually just it's it's bad, it's a better feeling to go just to Tritvik and just stick with Jakobol and Torch Parch him. Mm -hmm. because the, the quad bike trip is pricey yeah and um, and uh, that's the made the trip a lot more expensive but i thought to myself you know what actually the entertainment of just going to uh first part jim and jacobol and then the drift stones where everybody can do something and um not having the price up this high mm -hmm. will make it popular more popular and it's proven to be right yeah, so definitely so what's the obviously you've tried like you said, a couple of different sort of itineraries. You've tried the quad biking and, and some different routes. So what's the one uh, the one coming up in July? What route are you going to take? Have you got that planned? Well, it's it's very well planned in my head. It's like we go, we come to Iceland, and now this time around, we're going to go and see the volcano. Nice. Okay. Yes. So there's an erupting volcano in Iceland at the moment. So for those who don't know, and um, it's very close to the airport. Okay. And I think it will be worth it, you know, just to go there, see an erupting volcano, and then go to Thor's Party. What could be more biking than that? 
tell me that. That's the most <laughs> Viking. Like, yeah, yeah, that's one of the most Viking <laughs> things I can imagine doing. Yeah, that's brilliant. Exactly. Yeah. So we will train probably quite late at Thor's Power Gym, but I think the, the trip to the volcano will be worth it. Yeah. And then we go to sleep and then we head out very early in the morning to Dritvik and we'll take the Husabel stone on the way home. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then uh, we'll be back. And uh, on the way home, I definitely want to stop by John Paul Sigmundson's grave and uh, pay our respects. Mm-hmm. And then we go to sleep again and then we wake up we go to Jakobol and we do a sort of normally a squat session yep. if somebody has the power in their legs anymore <laughs> after lifting the stones and <clears throat> deadlifting in force party it's going to be like I said full on and then we um, then we head to the Blue Lagoon afterwards oh, which nice. is by the way well needed and we rest and recover in the Blue Lagoon and uh, yeah so that's sort of the trip and then we had a home afterwards so it's a full-on trip uh, it's good fun you know bring your auntie that's the thing gotta bring the spirit with you and um yeah have fun and good banter and go for it yeah absolutely and, and forgetting the stones and the and the lifting if anyone hasn't been to the blue lagoon it's just the best the best experience ever i think i've been twice now. i went when i was a little bit younger as well and it just the only way i can describe it is that if you run the world's most perfect bath um it's just like being in there and it just stays that temperature and i think they've got a bar in there now and it's just ah oh, it's, yeah. it's amazing i could have stayed in there for the whole trip it's incredible <laughs> as back in the day i mean when the blue lagoon was uh you know first being established it was um they took the Blue Lagoon and they made it sort of new. They did the new Blue Lagoon. So there was a time when it was a lot more raw. Mm-hmm. You would get like tremendous heat waves coming through the lagoon. Yeah. Then cold waves coming through the lagoon. Now the temperatures are a lot more sort of, you know, more stable. Yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah, back in the day, man, we used to, we used to go in the nighttime sneak in all right with a, okay. with, with, a, with a girlfriends <laughs> and see. uh at night time and uh yeah it was uh, it was an amazing adventure and uh it was even you know i don't know why they had didn't fix it but there was a, like a, this hole in the fence <laughs> yeah. you know where people just used to sneak in at night but um yeah it was an interesting it, it was an interesting experience and just the memories from the blue lagoon is amazing yeah, definitely. Quite it's a smart, spectacular so. place to be. Yeah, yeah quite. And when you're there, and it's like winter, mm-hmm. and then you then it starts to snow, so you're in this hot water and just snow comes over you. Uh, so it's it's an amazing feeling. It's spectacular. Absolutely, yeah. There's some uh, some great marketing there from the people who run the Blue Lagoon. I know we'll we'll cut a hole in the fence, let let Jean Valdier in, and then uh, years later we'll be bringing people back every year. That's the uh, yeah. the plan there for you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome man. Uh, so you're going in july what's the what's the weather going to be like in iceland then pretty good pretty good yeah normally but like i say it's iceland you know you you can never completely predict the weather however every single trip the weather in Dreetvik has been perfect there we go which is uh, which is amazing we came to Dreetvik and um it was so cold when we arrived mm-hmm. 
but for some odd reason, it's just like it went slightly milder, and it was a lot more. It was a lot more doable lifting the stones. Yeah. So it was. Uh, yeah, it was tough. I mean, I've been there when the stones are wet. Whew, that's no joke. Yeah. That is no joke. So they're already slippery. Yeah. <laughs> we don't, you don't need wetness at yeah. all. What's the, what's the routine if the uh, if the stones are wet? Do you take towels? Do you dry them, or or is that not um, is that not part of the experience? Do they have to stay wet? No, that we definitely try to take towels. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it, but it's it's a, it's a good challenge. It's a huge challenge actually. Oh, and so then... we try to dry them off. But the thing is, you can't dry the area around Futstakur. It's just not impossible. And if it has been raining, there is going to be some, you know, like puddles under. So be prepared. That's uh, that's the that's the only thing I can say. You know, you have to be you know, ready to adjust if you want that. Yeah. If you want that stone. <clears throat> Definitely. Um, cool. Yeah. So where can, uh, where can people find out more about strength trips and, and yourself and yeah, how can they get the information they need to, to come on one of your trips? Well, that's, that's easy. It's uh, strength trips. So you can find that on um, my, my website, uh, on my Instagram, which is uh, John V. Williams. And, um, and then also we have Valkyrie Strength Trips in, uh, uh, on Instagram as well. So that's where we just do uh, strength trip related stuff. And uh, otherwise, it's John B. Williams is a lot more sort of personal stuff. But I definitely Valkyrie Strength Trips. So yeah, maybe put that in the link below. Later oh, yeah i'll be yeah. linking that be linking that everywhere and, and just for everyone listening you might hear a little bit more from us about strength trips as we move forward you know we don't promote a lot of products and we don't try and sell people anything here really at the, the history of strength sports but um you know strength trips is something we really believe in and being part icelandic myself and having been there myself i can vouch for how cool this experience is and i'm still kicking myself that john uh, thought of this before me um so i'm very very jealous that he had the idea before me maybe i can do the same i don't know around england or scotland or, or even australia where i am now um but yeah so partly out of jealousy partly out of uh, we think it's a cool experience we're going to be <laughs> talking to you a little bit more about strength trips so yeah um look out for that so yeah i think that uh, pretty much concludes the episode i think we're just uh coming in on, on an hour here so yeah you've mentioned about where you can follow uh strength trips and everything on instagram and the website um don't forget to follow the history of strength sports uh please give us a five star rating and review um the reviews really help people to to find the podcast and um yeah thanks so much again john thanks for taking time out of your Saturday morning and yeah hope you enjoy your your massage that you're going to in a little while it sounds well deserved yes very nice <laughs> no, all right. So uh, that's been an absolute pleasure, and uh, good talking to you, Jacob. And I uh, hopefully will, yeah, do it one day again. That would be quite cool. Absolutely, yeah. Can't wait to come over and lift some stones. Absolutely. Well, pleasure, pleasure seeing you. And you, okay. Episode over and out.